amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Not here in the Midwest. Hope it's uh, pretty warm wherever you are. I guess everyone, everything, every place else except for the Midwest and Northeast is spring, <laughs> spring like weather. Anyway, but anyway, thank y'all for tuning in to the podcast. Scott Burks with the Clown Hour here every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, this is the podcast component of my sports blog called The Clown Times. The Clown spelled with K. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net, and you can find me on Facebook as well. My Facebook group, where a bunch of my, you know, my fans and my community come together and just chore humorously when it comes to all things sports. Anyway, just go to the search window in the upper, I think, left hand window, whether you're you know, on your smartphone, laptop, desktop, wherever, and type in the Clown Times, so you'll find me there as well. We got a lot to get into tonight. Uh, talking about Colin Murray. Uh, with his recent draft stock, would we take him number one or not? As well as the NFL Combine, like, uh, there's always a cautionary tale about the Workout Warriors, and uh have an idea what those Workout Warriors are, so get into that. As well as Bryce Harper's big freezing contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, it's about damn time someone signed him. As well as the Los Angeles Lakers' ever-so-fading playoff hopes. Anyway, helping me to break that down is like is this one of my homies y'all know him from the yard slash HBCU Sports, the rest of all things HBCU Sports, and uh, Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every week with the coach and the gang. So here's my man Dwayne Nash in the house. So D, what's happening? What it be? What the deal, Scott? I'm going to tell you like this. Yes, sir. I think we may have made either a whole lot of people angry or a whole uh, lot of people happy on our show last night. We had our annual food bracket. For those who are unfamiliar, what Coach likes to do is to create, mm-hmm. oddly enough, these 64, and I'm doing air quotes here, teams or items of food. Okay. And we put them up head-to-head like the NCAAs to come up with the best of a particular category. We've done best nice. soda, candy. We've run, done best chocolate. Some of you are asking, aren't candy and chocolate the same thing? And some people's eyes, no. That's a whole other discussion. You've done best fast food. Interesting. 
best casual uh, uh, sit-down restaurant, best pizza. Last night we did best marquee food for a casual restaurant, and that food was the Krispy Kreme donut. Oh, hell yeah. That, that's like, that is glazed crack. That is glazed crack made out of dough, okay? As far as, as much as I, I tend to diet and try to be good with my diet, if someone were to plop mm-hmm. down a dozen of Krispy Kreme, I could go through at least six in, like, less than 30 seconds, at least. I mean, I grew up in that like shit, this. Man. I mean, that's, that's the monkey, man. That, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is, again, that's glazed crack. That's what Krispy Kreme is. is. And I have a story real quick to to, to kind of um, corroborate that statement. When I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, I was on my way home, leaving work, and I worked a late shift. So that means I was driving home at around 1231 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm on a four-lane street, Krispy Kreme on my left side. The red light just turned on. I was in the far right lane. I made a U-turn. Without looking, <laughs> I risked life and limb oh, to get to that hot donut. Life oh, and I, I, I thought about it as I was driving. It, it didn't hit me until I was leaving the Krispy Kreme. Dude, I didn't even yeah. look. I just did an illegal U-turn to get donut. Dude, without looking, that is life crazy. And limb. You know what? You know what? Uh, what's his name? Right quick before we get into it, that reminded me of uh, we saw Bruce Bruce and 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 live and Raleigh. This is like hell. This is oh. like 2007 or eight. Yeah, at the Good Nights Club there. But long story short, we when he said he was driving, I think he was down driving down Peach Street. He saw the mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme, that old school Krispy. I don't know if you've been the last time been already, but there's an old school Krispy Kreme donut shop in Raleigh, right outside downtown. Actually going towards Saint Paul. You go down okay. Peace Street. Well, actually, a little bit past Peace College. But anyway, you, like you go down Peace Street, and there's this Krispy Kreme. And dude, he said he saw the red light come on. He's like, "You bullshitting me!" <laughs> he, did a, he did a hard turn. And if anyone's familiar with the area, it's right at the stoplight. It's right at a corner of the stoplight. So before anyone to do a hard turn, you gotta have to be really good or really desperate. Do exactly. Fun. So, so, so Bruce Bruce had to give some love to Krispy Kreme. So, shout out to Krispy Kreme and shout out to Bruce Bruce for showing Krispy Kreme some love. That's no, again, that's 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 great. That's glazed crack. You know, you're gonna make me go down south and, and look for something since there's none. There's no shop here in the Midwest. Except, no, I take that back. There's oh wow! One Krispy Kreme donut shop. I can't believe I can't believe we're talking about donuts right now. But anyway, there's a Krispy Kreme shop that. down by the outskirts of Cincinnati in the east side of town. And I'm gonna invade the hell out of that place come this weekend. I'm I'm I that fellas, I'm gonna walk in there, I'm gonna get a glaze, I'm gonna get a dozen glaze donuts, I don't give a damn, I'm gonna roll my ass up in there, get it in there, like reward myself for being good on my diet and just fuck the shit up. I'm just gonna eat I'm just gonna eat that I'm gonna eat, eat that joint down, man. I really am. But before I, hey. I my my mouth's on the salvage right now, so I'm gonna try and focus and go to some sports. <laughs> Again, this is Kyler Murray, man. Yo, you know, with the NFL coming going on, you know, there's, you know, the, the, like one person who made big news, of course, is Kyler Murray because he's yeah. went from being possibly undersized 
and 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 people are talking about is he going to be drafted in the first round even to like the real much rumored top pick of the draft because the obvious connection with Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of Arizona, and who not only who has a sense that will fit Kyler Murray's skill sticks perfectly, but he recruited Kyler Murray when they were both at Texas A and M under uh, Kevin mm-hmm. Sumlin before. Like before Kingsbury, Kingsbury moved on to Texas Tech, so I know they still have Josh Rosen, who was the first who's mm-hmm. first round pick last year. I think the book's still out on this young man uh, Rosen, but you know, given again the styles that Kingsbury has, and it does, it also helps that it also doesn't hurt that both Murray and Kingsbury both share an agent. So there's that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically. With, 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 like with, when Murray came in to measure, he was measured at 5'10 and 2 outside. First of all, that Negro is not 5'10, and he's definitely not 207 <laughs> pounds. If he's 207 pounds, I'm 350. <laughs> I'm two, and I'm 234. So, and if he is 5'10, I'm damn near 7 feet tall, and I'm 6'4. So that's just, that's just how I feel about that. But nevertheless, um, there's, there's a lot of rumors about him going first overall. People are speaking of mm-hmm. his existence. It's like when they, you mm-hmm. know this thing goes, the smoke there's fire. There's hell lots. There's a hell of a lot of smoke right now. So, my question to you is, my man, would you take Kyler Murray with the film and all in the background, number mm-hmm. one overall? Wow. See, the question is, would I take Kyler Murray first? Yeah. Overall? If, 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 if you were, if you let's just put it. If you were the Arizona Cardinals right now, if you were King, Cliff Kingsbury, would you, Ooh. given the same circumstances, <sighs> would you take Kyler Murray number one? You know what? Now, now that changes my answer. Because if you were asking okay. me, would I take Kyler Murray number one overall? Mm-hmm. The answer would be no. But sure. with Kingsbury and the way that he runs his offense, he's super high on. Kyler Murray, the irony of making the statement, if I was the NFL head coach and I had the number one overall pick, I would draft Kyler Murray, and then lo and behold, that happens. Wow. Now you're facing the pressure, right? Right. He makes that statement because he feels that he can potentially win with this dude. And, of course, you know, before the, the, the combine started, everyone talked about, Will Kyler Murray mesh up? Matter of fact, that was one of the biggest talking points about the entire combine. If, if you were a, a, just a general fan, if you, if you weren't an in-depth watcher of the combine, that's one of the main things that you heard. It's not the only thing you heard about the combine was Will Kyler Murray measure up? Will he be tall enough? Um, will he be heavy mm-hmm. enough? No one talked about hand size, but that was another thing that came into play as well. And right. Seems like, uh, according to the measurements that were given at the combine, because now there's discussion that he cheated on on, on giving his height. I'm still trying to figure that out. How is that even possible? Dude, you're giving your height without shoes on, and you've got officials like they're standing in your face. How could you cheat that? Right. Unless he's a magician, I don't know how he does it. But he measures up. He's, he's taller than what everyone expected. Slightly heavier than what everyone is expecting. His hand mm-hmm. size is a, is a nice hand size. Playing in Arizona wouldn't matter too tough because he's not playing in cold climate weather, and no, 
excuse me, necessarily be playing against a bunch of cold weather teams. Mm-hmm. So, but still, he'll be able to handle the ball. All of that said, if I'm Kingsbury, I'm pulling the trigger. Now, mind you, they still need some help in certain spots, but it's not like it's it's super big needs in a lot of other spots. But they also got yeah. a lot of money in free agency as well, so they can potentially fill those holes through free agency and through the draft. But, yeah, if you can get the QB that you were pining for, why not? Then you can go ahead and get your wide receiver opposite of Larry Fitzgerald. Then you can go ahead and get you another O-lineman or two. Then you can go ahead and right. get you a safety in a corner potentially uh, opposite of Patrick Peterson, and your team will be set. But, yeah, I would make that move, most definitely. Dude, I, I wrote a blog about – I wrote a blog post about this earlier today. I mean, yeah, I clown on his height. We all know that, but – and you mm-hmm. look at the film on this on this kid, on this young man, oh. and you saw, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know that the Bill 12 defense is optional. I, I get it. I think most people get yeah. that, too. But just look at what he did in the biggest moments. When both, in both games against Texas, right, and in the loss of Texas, he lit it up. In the, um, in the conference championship game, he had, I have the stats here, he had, Ah, shit, where is it? He had um, 300 I'm, – I'm sorry, well, well, I don't have it from it, but I thought I did. But nevertheless, he had a great game against Texas in the Big 12 championship game. He did he performed well in the brightest lights. I remember the game against West, against West Virginia where he just – he just won an arcade mode. He, he passed the touchdowns, ran for a long touchdown, and pretty much single-handedly beat West Virginia. And – yeah. Also, what really got me was he passed for 304 yards, two touchdowns with no picks, and was just 107 yards in the score against Alabama in the college football mm-hmm. playoff. Which, remember, Alabama got to that big lead. I think they were up, what, 14 or 20 to, to nothing? And Oklahoma yeah, made it, it was making a game yeah. out in the second half. Yeah, they made a game mm-hmm. out in the second half largely, largely because of Murray. So, mm-hmm. I figure... If this little young man, I still think he's little, but nevertheless, if this young man did that well against Nick Saban coach defense and the big stage at the college football playoff semifinal round, he's legit. This young man yeah. is legit. And, you know, with, with, the, with the young, with the small quarterbacks doing so well, and I'm glad to see the likes of Drew Brees, uh, 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 Russell Wilson, uh, well, Doug Flee before those two, but anyway. Um, uh, then Baker Mayfield this past year, they both mm-hmm. they shattered the mold. They shattered the mold. And, you know, you don't have to be 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and weigh two, whatever the hell, and, and you know, to see over the uh, over the offensive line. These guys are doing it by pure skill and moxie. Those, these guys are ballers. And, yeah. and now the NFL has finally <laughs> – breaking out that prototypical mode of quarterback. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Again, I know that's, that's very did this thing in college. And he did in the Big 12 where, again, defense is optional for the most part. Mm-hmm. But he did it on the biggest stages. And he's also the highest and triple one, so there's that too. So, I mean, this kid, he's a, he's, he can run, but he's a passer first, so that makes sense. And I yeah. think that there are a lot of coaches now, especially younger coaches, who can easily tailor 
game plans or strategies around this young man's skill set. So even if Kingsbury was not on the clock at number one, I'd still take him, depending on where my quarterback mm-hmm. situation is. I, w- I would take him. I, I mean, he he's a baller. The young, now, now, what will, now, what will come to pass more, what will help more, you know, I know he didn't do much, do, do a damn thing, any really, at the combine, is that his pro day. And then yeah. his use will just see the measurables on his pro day to see what's on film, to go with what's on film. And and I'll get to this in a minute with the, like, with the comment, but, you know, when they use the measurables to back up what they see on film, then they'll see that murders the ball. So I would take him, number one, depending, again, depending on my quarterback situation, by coach the team or the general manager of a team. But in the Arizona Connors case, I say screw Rosen's, Rosen's Screw Rosen's feelings and go with King, go with Murray number one. I really would. And you know, they they got they got offense. They got skill, talented skill players around them. You mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. And I think there's another young wide receiver too. That's 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 pretty good. And you got mm-hmm. uh, the running back. I forget his name. David Johnson. Yeah, David Johnson. David Johnson. You got him too. So you got mm-hmm. a good running, great. Pretty, it's pretty damn good running back. All they have to do is build the inside, the interior line. They have the rest of the draft to do that. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I, I think they should take Kyler Murray number. And plus, if you if you clip Clingsbury, you got who got the job at a very unconventional route. By the way, if you're gonna go mm-hmm. down, go down doing your own damn thing. Go right? down you doing you, yes. Exactly. Yeah, do, do you? That's the phrase. Hashtag do you? So I, if I'm if, if Kingsbury, given that he would be, he'd be a fool to pass on Murray. He, he really would. I think Rosen. He he still has a career ahead of him. I think if he lands the right situation, he'll do fine. But again, in, in, in like like at the professional ranks, you don't spare feelings. So if you, no. if, you, if you have Murray sitting right there and all the connections with the world with Kingsbury and his offensive system, what he could do, which is similar to what Oklahoma ran this mm-hmm. past year with um, with the head coach, I mean, why? It, it, there'd be it'd be too he'd be too stupid to say no. And I think Arizona should and will pull the trigger with Murray at the number one overall pick. Yeah. Now the the. Well, so this, your your statement of head coach is doing you, as long as he try, doesn't yeah. try to pull a Steve Spurrier and do you, right. and then blame everyone else for your failures, he'll be fine. Right. He'll be fine. Right. You know, and then don't right. try to bring in all your old players from, from your college days. Don't do stuff like that. But I digress. Um, the one thing that I got tired of hearing about leading up to the combine was, of course, his height. And I'm like, dude, and, and people questioning whether or not he can see over offensive linemen. Okay, mm-hmm. since 2019, high school old linemen are as big as pro old linemen now. If he can mm-hmm. see over the high school old linemen, and most definitely be able to see over Oklahoma old linemen, he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. Yeah. Now, if the thing is that it'll be different, of course, it'll be the speed of the game. And that's something that he will have to adjust to. But everything else, right. in, in terms of his, physic, his, his, his physical makeup, 
and whether or not he'd be able yep. to see, whether or not he'd be able to take <clears throat> contact. And that's something that'll be to his benefit because the one guy that keeps coming to mind every time I think about these small QBs, and especially those small QBs that like to run, is my main man, Robert yep. uh, Peanut Sticks Griffin III, <laughs> my man who don't know how to slide. And the one thing we yeah. know about Kyler Murray, huh, he was drafted by the open A's. He played baseball. Yep. He knows how to slide. He'll be fine. Um, well, the, the one thing to take into consideration with the sliding is knowing when to slide, too. So if he's smart enough to know when mm-hmm. to slide and he has the ability to slide, uh, as well as his scrambling, he'll be fine. It's just, once again, him adjusting to the speed of the pro game and getting uh, comfortable within that offense. Other than that, yeah, I, I, I see him being a number one overall pick. But to your point about Rosen, of course there was discussion. Now, it, 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 this is the funny thing, right? Because, of course, being in D.C., being a Skins fan, being that, you know, Rosen is a potential target of the Redskins, that's all I've been hearing about ever since the measurements came out, is whether or not Rosen would be coming to D.C. or not, or what would it take in order to get him. Now, over the past couple of days, mm-hmm. there have been discussions that he would be available and that the price of a third-round draft pick would be all it would take in order to get him. I think that's going to change. There's going to be several teams potentially bidding for his services. But the key here is if he's available. Because word came out today that the Arizona Cardinals stated that they have not said anything about uh, uh, Josh Rosen being available for a trade. Mm -hmm. So, of course, now they're, they're playing this game of will we or won't we and trying to, you know, I guess, figure out uh, or, or play that game of whether or not they're going to even draft Kyler Murray the number one spot. But it's all maneuvering. It's all game playing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's will we, won't we right about now leading up to the draft until they're capable of getting or, or getting offers that they feel as though will be comparable to what they want. So that's something else that we still got to wait for to. Speaking of the rest of the NFL Combine, um, we have a fair share of workout warriors and everything else. We have, yeah. let's see, um, we, have, we, we have DK Metcalf, who had a 4.33 40-yard dash, mm-hmm. has 1.9% body fat, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, 27 bench press reps, and a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical leap at 6.3228. First of all, if you're 6'3", I'm 6'4", but if you're 6'3", 228, and have just 1.9% body fat? Dude, buff. Mm-hmm. He's buff. buff. One thing that, that stood out, though, this young man had a poor, had poor times at three-cone drill in the short mm-hmm. shuttle. And this is very important because as a wide receiver, guess what you got to do? You got to get in and out, uh, in and out of your breaks quickly. Right. Exactly. Run the route. That's how you run, run the right route tree. So this kid is setting himself up to be a one-trip pony. Now, this is stuff that he could work on, but mm-hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I th- I, I, yeah like, like I think this should take, be taken into consideration and double that, well, couple that with what they see, people see on tape, 
to help mm-hmm. get a better assessment. That's Montez Swift from, the, from uh, Mississippi State, who at six foot six, two hundred sixty pounds, ran a four four one forty. Lord mm-hmm. have mercy. But you know yeah. what else? What's that, that three cone drill. He he did well. Seven seconds, mm-hmm. and the short show was four two nine. So basically, that tells you that he has flexibility as a pass rusher, which is yeah. huge. And you know what? If you take that, what you see on tape, this kid had a hell of a career. I don't have the stats in front of me. He had a hell of a career at Mississippi State. He had several, you know, made several big plays, lots of sacks and tackles. So for GMs who see young men like Montez Sweat, and the Metcalf, use the measurables to go with what you see on tape. Use the verify what you see on tape. Otherwise, if you do like if you have a Mike Maluk, uh, a Mamula of the world that come through, or Darius Hayward Bay, and don't oh. do your homework on film instead, look, look at the yeah I know right, and look at. Uh, I mean, because he's a Maryland boy, too, as I understand. Um, yes, Bay sir. So, That's why he's you know, very familiar with me. Exactly. So, you know, the thing is, people, the Raiders, and what they eat with the Eagles with, with Mamula, and the Raiders with they, they were Bay, they were suing them with mm-hmm. the measurables. Guess what? They didn't turn out to be as all they cut out to be for first-round picks. Like Mamula mm-hmm. fits out of the league in five years, I mean, due to injuries, but he was like, yeah, he was all right. And Hayward Bay, he's a special teamer for my Steelers. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why you have to do that. And there's also one more guy here, Noah Fant from Iowa. Uh, he had he was he ran a four five. You know, he, you know he's a tight end, so he ran a four five six four two forty nine. He's a tight end that ran a um, four five. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I didn't really hear his name in college. I mean, granted, I only watched a few Iowa games. But I mean, now as a result of <laughs> of that of that forty and this vertical thirty nine inches, thirty nine and a half inches. Excuse me. Uh, he had no problem catching passes. He's now a top twenty pick, based on those measurables yeah. alone. So I, I know. mean, you gotta watch film. You gotta watch film. Exactly. I mean, it's just I can't stress that enough. I mean, it's, and, and one more thing. I mean, the aforementioned Colin Murray. Again, he's not five nine. He's not five ten and two oh seven. I'm sorry, but anyway, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any other workout words that you notice, or do you have any other gripes about the combine? Oh no, um, see that's the thing, and that's the thing that I guess that's been concerning me over the past couple of years, along with some other things as, as it pertains to the combine. But yeah. you have to help me out in, in my memory. Uh, see, we, we yeah. you say that. Well, those of us who are a little bit more educated. Uh, when it turns yes. to player assessment, um, especially when it comes down to the combine and not being tricked by these underwear warriors when it comes to the NFL combine and looking back at their tape and making sure that the tape match what you see at the combine, right? Right. The one right. name or the two names that pop out to me are Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Now, mm. they're their time in college at LSU, now, I can't remember whether they put up huge numbers or not, but I can't remember them putting up huge numbers. I just know that they weren't winning yeah. a lot. And they weren't putting right. up a ton of points. 
But the both of them are huge. Yeah, but the both of them are huge, you know, uh, uh, wide receiver talents in the NFL. So that's one of those things yeah. you have to take into consideration. The offense that they've run, especially if they're receivers, what QBs they play with, you got to look at their reception, the, 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 the catch to target ratio, how many times they drop balls, you know, and, and then also what they've done with the rock once they catch it. So there's a whole lot you mm-hmm. got to take into consideration when you do that. But the thing is, the, 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 the area where it hurts you more than any other is wide receiver because a lot of times it's these guys that run fast. And, and have the ability to probably run the cones well if they, they, they have the ability to do so. The thing is, sometimes, depending upon where they chose to go to college, that's what hurts their numbers. So you, you have to really be a student of that particular player and figuring out mm-hmm. whether or not that guy fits your scheme or not. If you if the squad is just one, you'll receive the run all nines, so be mm-hmm. the son of Terrence Metcalf. If not, yeah. then you're going to need to, to go ahead and get your receiver. That's Kim Willow running routes. And that's one of the things that they did talk to DK about um, when he was at the combine. I heard, excuse me, several teams after they interviewed him or while they were interviewing him stating that he needs to work on his route tree a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be a one-trick pony. Not in the NFL. No. To be the next Mike Wallace, you don't want that. So you wow. gotta learn that route tree. And, and and you know one more thing. Speaking of measurables, mm-hmm. sometimes not driving, we're not with the tape, not telling the full story. Calvin Johnson, when he was at Georgia Tech, in that option heavy offense run by Paul Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know how he, he turned out in the NFL. I mean, he, he had crazy measurables. I mean, it helps that him being what six foot eight, I think he was. Yeah, I mean, they call him Megatron he's, for a reason. He's seven foot four. Um, seven foot four. <laughs> it seems like it, but I mean, you know, <laughs> the thing is that I mean, you know, at Georgia Tech, I mean, they, he was featured every once in a while, but it was a run heavy offense. So, yeah. or actually, did he play under Gailey or John or Paul Johnson? I forgot. Chan Gailey, or Paul Johnson. I gotta look that up. But no, I always want to say it was Gailey. Yeah. But yeah, they still may have run the triple option, but he made right. plays. Right. Yes, he did. He still made plays. So, yeah. So there you go with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, so so that's the thing. So one more thing before we move on, man. Did you see mm-hmm. notice any HBCU players who participated in the combine, or or or, or did they stand out? Even like any like um, that. Kid from Indianapolis who's the rookie of the year. I forget his name. Defensive rookie of the year. Oh, uh, Darius uh, Leonard. Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anybody like him? Any, anybody like him that went started the combine? To your knowledge. Now there were three guys that went. Um, okay. Uh, Titus Howard from Alabama State, offensive lineman. Uh, okay. Joshua Morgan. No, I'm sorry. What is Joshua's last name? Uh I, I, Joshua, I, I apologize, but he's an offensive lineman, <laughs> offensive tackle from from uh, Morgan State, and of course, okay, uh, Dale Johnson Jr. from North Carolina A and T. Now, okay. um, Johnson did not participate other than doing 
his 40, or not his 40, but his, um, the bench press, where he had 20 reps as an edge rusher. Um, I, I okay. don't know if he sustained an injury or if he just chose to just work out during his pro day. But, yeah, I, I, I noticed that he didn't do anything else. And, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch the workouts, old lineman. But I did hear, once again, that Howard from Alabama State had a respectable combine, <clears throat> along with the, 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 the way that they've assessed him. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com has him in his top 50 draft picks for this coming draft, oh. which means he could potentially nice. be a second-round pick. And that's something that I've heard talked about uh, 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 with Howard over the past couple of, of weeks is that he will yeah. potentially go somewhere between the second and fourth round. So if you're an HBCU fan, that's the name you need to go ahead and watch out for is uh, Titus Howard from Alabama State. We expect him to go in the first half of the draft. And depending upon what happens with Johnson and his pro day in North Carolina A&T, whether or not he'll either be drafted or become an undrafted free agent, but he's he's, he's also leaving A and T a little bit early. But he he, he has uh, ten and a half sacks, which is in the top mm. ten in um, FCS football. Uh, Eighteen and a half tackles behind the line of scrimmage, which is also top five in FCS football. And then you have a guy that practiced against Brandon Parker of the Oakland Raiders on a daily basis. Mm. He just felt that he was ready. And being 6'7", 250, being as much in the NFL, he has the body. Yeah, man. The thing is, will his pro day be able to, to, to impress those who hadn't had the opportunity to necessarily watch him all season? The only thing to his detriment for this year, of course, people started to figure out who he was and started to double him more in the later half of the yeah. year. But in the first half of the yeah. season, he came up big in big games. As a matter of fact, he was responsible for the strip sack that led to the win against Jacksonville State in the first game of the season. And then in the game yeah. against yeah. Uh, 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 East Carolina on that final drive, he was one of the ones that made the play during that final series to keep ECU from scoring. So he's come up big in big games. The thing is, mm-hmm. whether or not you know, that tape, along with what he does in the pro day, will be uh, good enough to get him drafted. I know he'll make a roster, but will he be good enough to get drafted? Mm-hmm. Right. So, in other words, he has to make us to become potentially um, the next Javon Hargrove at Pittsburgh. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, like, for those who don't know, like, he was a third-round pick, I think, three seasons ago. But he he finished. He uh, left, uh, four seasons ago. Yeah, about three, four years four ago. Years yeah. Ago, yeah. Right. So basically, Hargrave uh, is a Hargrove or Hargrave. I forgot. But at any rate, Hargrave. he had thirty Hargrave. He had thirty. He finished his college career with thirty six sacks. So if you divide thirty six by four, that's nine sacks per season. I don't care what level you're playing. I'm sorry. I did that. D tackle. Exactly. D tackle. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. He wasn't a linebacker. He was a D tackle. He wasn't the edge rusher. D tackle. He was a D tackle. He averaged yeah. nine sacks a season as a D tackle. Again, I don't care if you're FBS level or FCS or Divisions two II or three. 
nine sacks every uh, nine sacks per year as a D tackle is nine sacks per year as, D, as a D tackle. That's pretty damn good. So again, he's doing well with Pittsburgh right now. And again, you had this rookie of the year from also from South Carolina State this past season mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So, so yes. So there you go. So so it's a positive. Yes, sir. Two things real quick. The thing of note that is is a common denominator between Hargrave, uh, Leonard, and Johnson, all yep. three were MEAC Defensive Players of the Year. Hargrave, mm. if I, uh, Leonard, for 17 and 16. Hargrave for 14 and 15. Johnson for last year. And the other one, the one guy, unfortunately, a lot of people <clears throat> did not get a chance to see, but it's a high possibility with a lot of guys, with a lot of teams needing QBs this year that will potentially get a look will be Amir Hall from Bowie State. D2 QB okay. led the nation in passing yards and in touchdowns, um, led the uh, nation in most yards per game offensively with Bowie State. The thing is, he participated in the NFL Players Association Collegiate Bowl, but only threw the ball once, and unfortunately did not get a chance to participate in the NFL combine. But he has NFL body, and he has an NFL arm. Six foot four, 220 pounds. So like I said before, he yeah. has that body. And, and, and he also has the ability to run the ball, too. He can throw the ball, and he, he, but he, he's a, a throw-first guy. From PG County, Maryland. That's another reason why I love him. But he's a throw first guy that has the ability to run, and he can throw the ball deep and got a cannon of an arm. So that's a guy I expect to make a camp, and and I'm praying that he makes him, gets an opportunity to um to at least get on a roster and participate during preseason so he can show what he can do. Good, good, good. Now. Transfers from football to baseball with news of uh, Bryce Harper finally. Ah, uh, yeah. And I do mean finally getting that free agent contract. He didn't get the yeah. four hundred million dollars that he and Scott Boris, his agent, wanted, but he mm-hmm. got three hundred thirty-three million, thirteen years from the Philadelphia Eagles, and mm-hmm. which includes a no trade. Which, so first yeah. of all, I was like thirteen years though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I forgot how young, like, uh, like, like how young Bryce Harper is, but still, you know, thirteen years is thirteen years, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> better make some. You still like Kanye West? And, yeah, exactly. I mean, they better help this kid Harper out. They're gonna like, take a return on his investment, thirteen year investment. But nevertheless, it's really reasonable. Yeah, I know that you got the length of the contract. Is. But it's reasonable for a guy with Bryce Harper's talent. So why do you think it took so long for Bryce Harper to get a free agent deal like this? You know what? He was he was looking to see if he could get teams to bid against one another. <clears throat> and when it wasn't the Yankees and the Red Sox, they were slightly disappointed. But when the Dodgers and the Giants started bidding against one another, yeah, that's when it started to get a little bit more interesting to him. The thing is, Okay. In, in my opinion, like you said, the um, the numbers are rather reasonable in terms of uh, per year dollars, right? Right. My guess is that he was looking for. Well, it's not my guess. This is this is what I'm believing that he wanted uh, uh, the total number, 
and he got the three hundred thirty million, which of course is the most. Yeah, but unfortunately, he got the three thirty over thirteen years. So right, thirteen years. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But you know, the, the deal that Washington originally offered him was the three hundred for ten, which is more per year. And he turned it down. He just wanted. He just wanted to have that. Uh, 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 the acclimate, uh, well, not acclimate, I'm sorry, that um, acclaim of, of having the most or the biggest contract of all time, regardless sure. of, of what it's, um, of what it cost him in order to do so, if, if you get my drift. He could have had 30, right. 30 million a year, but he, he took 25, 26, 27 for those extra three years to, to play with uh, the, the 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 Phillies, and the thing is, uh, and I'm gonna talk about it just briefly, and I guess I'll get into it a little bit more. Um, yeah, man. He's gonna figure out Philly ain't DC, and I want to see whether or not how he's how he's gonna deal with the fact that Philly ain't DC. Like how? Um, the fan base, of course. We all know that Philadelphia yeah. has some of the most rabid, uh, ravenous fans in the country, and a lot of the stuff yeah. that he all was right. capable of pulling. If you had he had DC fans complaining about it, Philly fans will do more than yeah, complain about it. Special. Now, first and foremost, <laughs> I'm going to stick to the on the field stuff, right? Because last year he had the first right. start around the All Star break. You know, he had a whole lot of home runs and had a lot of ribbies. But he was still batting under two thirty at the at the All Star break. Now he finished the year with about a, a shade under two fifty, and he had the most home runs and most ribbies in his career at thirty four and a hundred respectively. But mm-hmm. he had a slow start, and one of the things that people are questioning is whether or not he had that slow start again, being that he came to spring training late because of the signing, and. I haven't heard anything about him playing as of yet in in in, in spring training. So if he has that close start in Philly, he will hear about it. Yeah. Now mind you, that's yeah. on the field stuff. The off the field stuff, it's some more stuff he's gonna have to deal with as well. Once again, stuff that DC fans complain about, but Philly fans will fight you for. Right. You gotta remember. Right. Bryce is the is the Cowboys fan. Being oh, a Cowboys right. fan up in Philly is going to be hugely problematic. Also, Bryce is a Golden Knights fan. <laughs> Golden Knights <laughs> against the Philadelphia Flyers, potential uh, uh, Stanley Cup matchup, that could be problematic. So once again, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't shy about showing up to FedEx wearing a Dak jersey. He wasn't shy about showing up to the Capital One Arena wearing a Golden Knights jersey. You know what he ain't going to do at the Wells Fargo? You know what he ain't going to do when he gets to, um, what's the Eagles football stadium? Well, when he, when he shows up Lincoln, at, at Lincoln, 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 Lincoln Field, yeah. At the, yeah, at the, the link, link? The Link. Do it at your own risk, Bryce. Do it at your own <laughs> risk. It's all funny games. It's all laughs and chuckles, but the thing is, you combine a bad start or bad play on the field along with that foolishness, 
Because unfortunately, depending upon what city you're in, if you play for a local team, you have to be a fan of the local team too. You don't even be in. You grew up someplace else, you probably was a, grew up a fan of, of, of a, another team. It happens. Deal with it. I understand fans don't yeah. want to see you parading around, especially in the Skins case, if if that team is a huge rival and that team has owned you for years, you don't want your best mm-hmm. athlete or your second best athlete in your city to show up to another sport team event wearing that rival's jersey. And it happens a lot here. I'm waiting to see how Philly fans react to Bryce doing the exact same thing in Philadelphia. See, that could go one or two ways. That could go one or two ways. If, if, if Harper comes out the box and balls out, and mind you, Philly was in contention for a playoff spot until late in the season. So it's not like mm-hmm. going to a bear situation. Um, yeah. But nevertheless, if he, if, he, if he comes out like game busters, I think Philly would embrace his rebel of all the cost persona. I mean, he had that going on in D.C. Granted, D.C. is much of a market than Philly, I, especially sports mm-hmm. market. I totally get it. But that could go that could go that way, or it could go the way that you just described. It could turn ugly really quickly if you if you're a Philly athlete, and they pay you. If you're a big money athlete at, at that, mm-hmm. you better ball up, bro. You better ball. But I would say this for Philly and for Harper. At least Harper went to a situation where he could possibly contend. And stick it yeah. to the Nationals several times a year. Yeah. So at least he did that. Manny Machado, on the other on the other hand, not to get too much into the weeds, he went he by by accepting a three hundred million dollar ten year contract, which I'm mad at him for that from the from the from the Padres, but it's the Padres, which tells yeah. me that Machado just wants to be paid and comfortable. He doesn't want to win. I don't see San Diego contending for anything other than a cup of coffee this coming season, the next couple of seasons to come? Well, the next season or two, maybe not. The thing is, though, with the Padres, they have a lot of money. They have a great yeah. farm system. If a child yeah. comes out and starts great playing city, well, great, great city, city. You know, my sister lives there, loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, if he can attract other free agents to start coming in the near future and they can slowly start turning this thing around, with their new skipper, anything can happen. Especially yeah. when you when you have youth that you can either develop or use that as an asset to get other players. Anything can right. happen. Especially with the Dodgers. Now the Dodgers, they'll win the division <clears throat> this year, most definitely. But they're sure. getting older. You know, uh, the Rockies they've gotten better, but they're sporadic. I mean, you got one of the best um, pitching staffs in, in the National League, but I want to see how consistent they can be. Arizona lost their best player, and yeah. San Francisco is, is starting to slowly spiral out. So if they can go ahead and turn this thing around within the next uh, year or two, and they have a main piece in order to do so, don't sleep on the Padres just yet. Don't sleep on them just yet. Uh, I, I want to see whether or not, what happens over the next couple of years. If it doesn't pan out, I think San Diego gets rid of Machado because they'll realize that they're spending too much money on something that won't be. But I think they, they, they're putting all their chips in and, and, and banking on the next couple of seasons with players developing and also being able to attract other free agents in the near future. 
And that's the thing. You you made a good point. If other periods will look at San Diego and be like, oh, Charles signed that big deal with, uh, with them. They're, they're willing to spend some money. Maybe we mm-hmm. should consider them. I, I totally get that. I totally, 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 totally get that. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just looking, man. It's, it's like I, I'm just saying, San Diego. I mean, the optics right now in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you, you could have, you could have stayed in LA. And again, I don't know how the situation was. I don't know how the chemistry was. I don't, I don't know if I, the, the, I mean, baseball has weird ass economics anyway. So. Um, I don't know. But I do know was that the child was in a winning situation in L. He was traded to L.A. from Baltimore last season. And mm-hmm. there, was, there were talks about his attitude. There were talks about his work ethic uh, and everything else, and, like, in terms of unfavorably, <laughs> unfavorable, right, with most of the work, about the work ethic. Um, and I don't know how, again, you go from L.A., and I know they're getting older, but nevertheless, he was going to be the future to San Diego. I know there's mm-hmm. no pressure in San Diego, but to me, don't you want – I mean, again, I'm not mad at him for getting paid, but at the same time, don't you want to win? Don't you want to contend? Because he's going to get caved in the first couple of years. I mean, sure, 300 mil is 300 mil, but damn, I mean, you got to have a little bit of pride, man. I mean, it's like the pride – at the the pride in him will, will probably be like, I'm just getting sick and tired of getting my ass kicked. I mean, there could be, there should be something to say for that, though. I would think. No, I completely agree with you. But like you said, 300 mil, 300 mil, one, and two, yeah. they must have sold the the, the goods that I'm selling you right now. Must have been sold yeah. to him a lot better. They must have told him, yeah. you know, farm system. Developing guys, you know, we're we're up and comer. You got dough. The thing is, mm-hmm. we need someone here to start it. Now, remember a couple of seasons ago, they tried to bring in a couple yes. of big names to try to do something real quick with with Matt Kemp and some of the other places they had, and that thing fizzled right. out. Right. I think they're doing right. it a little. Well, they're doing it a smarter way instead of them buying free agents. They're developing their own seeing whether or not it turns out, and then trying to use those pieces for assets to draw, like I said before, draw other players in by trade or right. by uh, uh, bringing them in by free agency signing. And like I said, Machado's on the clock, though. Don't get it twisted. Machado's yep. on the clock. And if they're not able to turn it around quickly, the thing is he can't do it by himself, though. So... Like I said, they got two years. If it don't work, you will get shipped. Right, right. So there you go. Uh, but right, well, one, well, one last thing. Back, back to, uh, back to Harper. Do you think Philly is now the team to beat in the NL East? I know, I know, Atlanta came out of nowhere last year and Washington underachieved. Yeah. Do you think Philly is the team to beat now in AL in the NL East with Harper? Um, it's either them or Washington. Washington's made some moves too, and that's why they were so comfortable to just walk away from Brighton like that. You know, they felt as though that they made moves, like the, the you know, catcher was a deficient spot for them. They went ahead and, and yeah. made a couple of signings to, 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 uh, to shore up uh, their catcher spot. You know, they replaced Bryce. Now, they, don't, they won't have the power 
but they'll have the, the batting average and they'll have the speed out there to re, to replace Bryce. And that's something I think that they're comfortable with. Um, and Tillman's made some moves as well, uh, along with Bryce. The thing is, mm-hmm. it's how quickly both teams will be able to gel. And, 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 and matter of fact, not just gel for Washington in, in terms of the, the new additions that they've made, but um, the manager's name over here in, in, in D.C. Um, remember, they yeah. struggled last year, yeah. and that was something that, that yeah. no one was expecting. And Gomez. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that's something that they're looking for him to turn around and, and, and hopefully uh, right this year. So everyone has expectations of Washington uh, winning the division up until the price signing. So it's going to be real tight between Washington and, and uh, Philly. I think the first team that gets to yeah. 90 wins, in this division, <laughs> wins it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree with that. Uh, so with that being said, let's move on to one last thing. We've gone from exciting with, with Kyler Murray and Anvil Combine, intriguing with Bryce Hopper, to downright sad with the Lakers. So we don't oh. spend much time on this because they're a sad, sad. They, they, they. Remember what I said, we said last, I said last week, if, if they came up losing, if they, if they came up first against the teams that they're playing like 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 the likes of Milwaukee. Uh I know they beat the I know they did beat the Pelicans at home, but they also got yeah. the ass hit by the Clippers. So yes. they're like thirty thirty and thirty four. They played Denver tonight. Um uh-huh. they're like I think four or five games out the eighth spot and I think there's less than twenty games left to go in the regular season. So actually they are bad. six and a half out. Oh shit! Well, they're definitely out. <laughs> they're definitely not yeah. in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, I, I try. I, I, I stressed again. I, I resisted betting against LeBron for the longest time. But yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Six games out. I mean, they got uh, 18 more games left in the season. They ain't making that shit up. Not with the way the Clippers are playing. Not with the way the Spurs are playing. Not the way the Utah Jazz are playing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a wrap. It's a wrap. So, given, given, given all that being said, do you think LeBron has a chance in hell of winning anything in Los Angeles in the next? Because he's getting older. He's in the 16th season. He is. So, do you, do you think he has a shot at it? Do you think he has a shot? Or is this like, is it, oh, is this Michael Jordan and as a Washington Wizard all over again? Now, the, the, the funny statement is, of course, that I've seen the memes start to roll in. Oh my God, this is Mike in L.A. The Mike, Mike in yep. Washington. Um, yep. The difference is, one, I truly believe that LeBron just needs the rest. He needs the rest, and I've talked about it uh, ad nauseum on this show in terms of how much or yep. how many basketball minutes more than anybody else in NBA history, mind you. And uh, if you compare it, everybody should talk about how Mike went uh, to the NBA Finals and won six out of uh, eight years. But Mike, you know, he played in that one Olympics in, in 92. You know, he didn't play in two Olympics like LeBron did. And then it was eight years straight and then all the other extracurricular basketball. Well, once again, all stuff he volunteered for, but stuff that he did mm-hmm. in the last. 
So a lot of basketball minutes logged. He needs the rest. Um, will he ever be able to get back? I think once he's rested, is recalibrated, gets back next year. The thing is, of course, to to avoid him from being like Mike in Washington, yep. he's going to need some help. That was one of the things that Mike was unable to do, and sadly enough, because you know he he did wasn't the front off. And then that sort of thing too. The coaching is, is Washington had a better coach with um with your right. boy, um, God used to be a coach at Doug. Uh, is it Doug Collins? He's yeah, coach well, in, in I Detroit. think. He coached it in Detroit. You think? Are you thinking about? Well, because Richard Hamilton, Richard Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton was, I think, in, in Washington. I think the year he was before before Jordan came there. Before Jordan laced him up, I totally forgot. Got to look it up. It was um, Hamilton was there before Jordan, and then they brought in uh, Doug Collins, the old uh, Pistons okay. coach, gotcha. to be his coach right. um, in, in 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 Washington. So. Washington, and that is as a better coach. So that means, of course, for the, uh, Washington, not Washington, but the Lakers will have to get another coach. And they're already talking about Luke Walton potentially being a candidate for UCLA. So he might yeah. be out the door before they push him out the door. Um, right. So they can get them a replacement, also get players in free agency. And if these young guys can develop, because that was one of the things that, that, that blew my mind looking at the stats. LeBron leads the team points, assists, and rebounds. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so I know. They got those young cats you know, there. They, yes, and yeah. that's one of the things that's, that's so Mike and Washington-esque is that the players were scared and they were in awe of him. And they sat there and yeah. they watched Mike. I remember that. Rip Hamilton used to sit there and watch Mike because he was Mike. If they can get that, get out of that malaise and play ball, they'll be competitive. But they still will need help. It's a matter of time to see if that happens. But the in-house things that need to happen is these young guys need to develop, and, and LeBron needs to get that rest, and they need to get him a new head coach. If those things happen, I, well, him being rested, they'll get into the playoffs next year. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. The Lakers will make oh, the wow. playoffs next year because they will have a, a rested LeBron coming back. And, and sure. if he stays healthy and capable of playing at least 70, 75 games, they'll be fine. The other thing that they'll need to do is to be able to string wins together. They've only won back to back, at least back-to-back games eight times this year. The last time that they won back-to-back yep. games, the 15th and 16th of, of January. Come on, dog. You ain't making <clears> no playoffs doing that. You, you're not. You're just not. And they've only had two streaks. I'm sorry, they've had three streaks of at least three wins this season. You're not playing winning basketball yeah. by doing that, man. I mean, three, three of their last ten, or three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, they're not making the playoffs this year. So just, just just go ahead and get used to it now. Get your mindset. Listeners, get your mindset. You won't be hearing LeBron's name in the playoffs this year. Just get ready to get comfortable mm-hmm. and deal with it and expect him back October next year. Dude, remember the word of last week's podcast, clusterfuck? Mm-hmm. This is the whole Lakers yeah. season. 
Joe. I mean, it's it's it it really is. I mean, you have a. I mean, mind you, again, they were, the Lakers were in the fourth spot when they beat the sh- dog piss out of out of Golden State on Christmas Day. That oh, the game that LeBron got hurt. That was a Christmas mm-hmm. Day game, and that's when LeBron got hurt. And you know, it's spiraled out of control since then. And it didn't really get bad until Anthony Davis made himself available. Why he was still on the contract that he would by the saying he wouldn't resign, and LeBron let it someone let it get out that LeBron was well. Let's just let's just face it, not Magic. LeBron was making these moves. Like LeBron was wanting yeah. to trade almost everyone and a few draft picks for for Anthony Davis. So that pretty much killed the chemistry, the locker room with those young guys, which shouldn't, but they're young, and stuff happens. So they got yeah. the feeling. You can tell there's no chemistry on the court. You tell LeBron mm-hmm. in the last two games against Memphis, especially the Clippers, he didn't give a damn about defense. He let uh, Patrick Beverly, of all people, call him out before the game and said, wow. I want LeBron. A six-foot-one-inch wow. and told the alleged best player in the world, I want you. I want, I want him. And, he, he, and, yeah, he had help. Uh, 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 like against LeBron, but he he held his own, and yeah. that's what it's come to this season. But um, but the moral of the story is, don't be so eager to leave the Eastern Conference, <laughs> <laughs> even though the Eastern Conference is much better this year, maybe because the time yeah. from the West flowed over to the East. But we'll see. I mean, I'm not used to seeing LeBron as this way. I'm not used to betting against LeBron or seeing people betting against LeBron. But it is what it is. I mean, we'll 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 check them out next season. To your point, that the Lakers will be a lot better with a wrestler LeBron and better chemistry and maybe some more talent. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I appreciate it, man. Stay warm. I don't know no if it, it's so where where you at, but it's cold as hell here, so stay warm and keep it light. Hey, it's cold here in DC too, baby. And I'm trying my best. All right, take care, man. Take care. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Facebook Live with the coaching company every week on on Facebook Live. Uh, no, it's Lisa Radio. Uh, anyway, thank you all for tuning in to the podcast. It's Scott Bruce with the Clown Hour. Gotta get warm. Stay warm. 06 night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.